What is going on? I want to welcome you from Half Court for today, February 1st, 2023. We are in February, gentlemen, one month closer to the NBA trade deadline. Well, I mean, one week closer because it's next week, but one month closer to the lottery. Thank God. I'm your host, Sean Murphy, alongside my guy, Jeff Iafrady. Jeff, it's good to see you as always. That hair's coming back. Thank God. Oh, yeah, it's, it's slowly coming back. I cut the sides today. We're, we're trying to shape it up. But you know oh. what? I had to get it cut because I had to I had to change the look. I, I went to the Pistons game on Saturday, and and it, it completely ruined my mood. Once again, by the way, I got I don't know what it is with me and going to these games, and the worst possible result happens every single time. And and I talked – me and Sean were texting about this because it feels like when Sean goes, they win, and then I go – and the, like something historic happens. Like we threw a, what was it? A 15 point lead on Saturday. And I was, you know, there what, it, you know what it is, Jeff? It's, Thank it's, you. it's when it's, it's when you separate the powers, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's what it is. Cause, Cause it's not a coincidence that when the three of us were in the building, they got a dub. Yeah. Jeff, when you and I were in the building, they got a dub. They did warrior stub. Yeah. And, but then, but it's like, it's like, you know, it's like when you take one of the things off the infinity gauntlet, it's like, you can't, you know, it's like not, not nearly as useless. You know what no, I mean? It's I'm, like, I, listen, I, I was, I, my buddy went with me, you know, he's, he's very new to the NBA. I told him, listen, well, not, I shouldn't say new, but he's not involved. I go, well, listen, we, we should take care of the Rockets. The Rockets are, you know, bottom feeder. Free they're dub. Missing. Great. They're, yeah. They're fun missing, watch. They're missing. It's honestly funny that a Pistons fan would say it's a free dub, but I said, they're missing three starters. They don't have their head coach. He's, you know, he's, he's visiting. He's at his late father's funeral. This should be fine. It started that way. And then in about the third quarter, I look over at him. I go, I'm so sorry. Like, I, <laughs> I, I lied to your face. Like, this is not the product. I, I promise this is not the product that you, you, you're going to see in the future. I it's prom- always so funny, too, because it's I always find out after the fact. And it's funny because I went on Instagram and I was like, I was I was like going through and I was like, I saw you had a story. I was like, man, would it be funny if Jeff was at that Rockets game last night? I click on it. I see you in the LCA. And I'm just like, how is it that every time this team shits the bed, Jeff is center court, man. I don't, I don't know what it is, dude. It's not good. But it's also good joining us, the pod's good luck charm, our Polish meat hammer, Troy <laughs> Sergey. Troy, it's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, Sean. Sean, this upcoming Thursday, I get to do something that I have never done before, that I've been waiting since middle school to do, something that you've done before. Jeff, I'm not sure if you've done it, but I get to see LeBron James in person. I am stoked. Dude, that Uh, is so awesome. Is coming to uh, Indy, playing the Pacers. Um, Probably not going to get the record that game, unfortunately. Got the tickets about two and a half months ago, just in case. Uh, looking like it's going to be a couple of games after, but Hey, get to see him drop a couple buckets and get one step closer to that, uh, to that record. It's going to be great. The, so, the uh, only time, the only time I've ever saw LeBron, I saw him one time in Cleveland. I went to a Cavaliers game mm-hmm. and it's when he broke MJ's uh, double digit scoring record. He oh, scored wow. like 10 plus points. However, many times he broke his record and he held the reward up and he just walked back. It was like, his, I think it was his last year with the Cavs. I want to say or the year before that, but yeah, it was, it was cool. Man, LeBron, dude, it's it's amazing when you see it. Yeah, I guys, can't wait. That's amazing. Yeah, so I got to, I I've seen LeBron. I've seen LeBron twice now. I saw um I I saw LeBron once when I was younger, and it was actually one of the worst games of his career. He only had five points, and oh. the Pistons won big. And and then the second game I saw 
was a uh, game three in 2016 where he went off for a triple double and then Kyrie Irving hit that dagger three in the corner yeah, to beat corner. us. That was uh yeah, to go up. That was their game to win, too. That's yeah. yeah. Dude, there was the Contavious Caldwell Pope oh, dunk. It's God. like pistons are back. If only we knew. But anyway, <laughs> but you know what? We're gonna be able to talk about when the pistons are back here because this is from half court region every week. We dive in and talk. Oh, hey, basketball. If you like that, be sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, and share with your friends below. But also, if you have not yet done so, be sure you click the link below and join the From Half Court Discord. You can get reminders, have conversations, join chats, talk with weird people like myself. Jeff might even pop in there from time to time. If Troy knew what Discord was, he would definitely be there. But with that, it's definitely a great place to be. It is right in the link down in the description below. But with that, gentlemen, it's time to talk about the trade deadline. Time to talk about basketball. I, I debated whether or not I wanted to talk about that Rockets game here. But to be honest with you, it's like, what can we say that hasn't been that hasn't been said already? <laughs> that, that we didn't say literally last week. It's like, it's just a continuation of that, man. Mm. You know? That's it. Like, there's not much to bring up. They threw another lead. It's it's disappointing. It's frustrating. But it's we would pretty much echo what we said last week. So, like, it's – because that was after one of the worst losses of the season. So, I think we pretty much summed a lot of this up. We did. Right. It's getting harder, too, because, you know, you watch a team like the Celtics play. You watch a team like the Grizzlies play. And just, you know, they're playing with so much passion, so much identity, so much talent on the basketball court. And then there's our team who's really struggling in all of those areas. And uh, the identity is big, but also the talent. I mean, I've been saying the talent, the talent's the obvious part, but the effort too, that's one thing you can control. Like you said in your last video, Sean, but I just don't see it. I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I've been watching Orlando and been screaming in my pillow because it looks like they like, like watching them is like what I wanted the Pistons to be this year, you know? And I think, yeah. you know, like it's, it's one of those things where, like, I, I think we've we've definitely seen the stretches and it's like, you know, James Edwards brought up a good point where, you know, like almost every time this team goes out and lays an egg, they respond. But the problem is, is that almost immediately after they respond, they go out and they lay another egg. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. I, I didn't want to read too much into it at the time, but I almost wonder, you know, like if this was like a little bit of an inkling that there was going to be trouble because uh, in the post game interview, you know, uh, Johnny Kane was asking Jaden Ivey in Brooklyn after their win about their effort and what, you know, the adjustments were and just about like, you know, the morale in the locker room. And he was just like, I'm really proud of the effort we put in tonight. Just great, solid all around effort. Great team win. And, and like, maybe, maybe this is me being like a little picky, maybe like overthinking things a little too much, but like when that's your first solid defensive performance in a while and you put together a solid effort. You showed like, hey, this is like our first, like one of our first solid runs of defense in a while. I don't really want to hear, hey, I'm really proud of, of what we did. I want to hear tonight was good. Next night needs to be better. And mm -hmm. I think that's the mentality change of going, of going from, I'm just proud of our guys and the effort we put in. It's like, yeah, you could be proud and you could be happy with the effort you put in. But it's like when, when you're putting an effort and that's your 13th win, no one really cares if you're proud. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Again, I, I feel like it's like those, it's one of those things where it's like, I really feel like I could be nitpicking here. But like, do you think, do you guys think there's merit to that point? 
You go first, Troy. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely merit there. I, I also think, you know, he's a guy that's proud of his team, too. You know, we have to definitely give him credit for, for that. Uh, but at the end of the day, too, it's just the lack. Like, from a Pistons fan perspective, what we've been seeing all year this team do and just the lack of the defensive presence, right, the lack of the offensive presence, the lack of everything, the effort, everything we've talked about this whole year on the podcast. And you do have one night of having things together. To me, it just doesn't mean much. Um, But it's different if you're in the locker room. So I I think it's that two different perspectives, Sean, of the Pistons fan who's been watching it all year and the player who's in that locker room every day trying to do the X's and O's um, and just simply is proud of his team. Yeah. It's like small victories. I mean, you want to, it's better when they're celebrated in, you know, multiple rather than just one performance like that, that performance against the Rockets. I I know they're missing multiple starters, but they played well defensively. It seemed like everything was clicking, but then down the stretch, everything else melts down. Like that stuff becomes even more frustrating when things are clicking, but you still find ways to lose. Like it's, it's, I guess it's a different perspective for us who we talk about this team all the time. Like when we see, you know, them get a win over a Minnesota, whoever, it is and they follow it up with another good performance you, you want to stack those performances i get celebrating when multiple performances are stacked on top of each other of playing good defense playing you know being efficient offensively but it's different for us when you're talking about a team that's so wildly inconsistent you don't really know when to praise and when not to because it's like good performance but watch in two days when we play the bucks you're going to get blown out by 40 it's i mean it's hard to, to swallow that yeah, and I, and, I, and I think it's one of those things where, you know, like to your point, I think that's where, you know, like I think it's like that's the difference between a young team and a championship level team. You know what I mean? Like a like a team like the like, you know, like the Warriors, you know, like a guy like Draymond Green, he's like he's not resting until, you know, you reach perfection. By the time you think you reached it, Draymond already found three or four more things that you have to work on. You know what I mean? Like those, like when I think of. You know, like when I think of like the mentality and the things I have, you know, that like you have to find in this locker room, like, and I think that's it. You know, and I think part of it, it's like, you know, you, again, we talk about, you know, like what we're missing with Kate on the offensive end, but man, just that vocal leader and that, that lacking of that presence on the court, like that guy, you know, who can, who can, you know, galvanize the troops and when, when they are starting to slip, you know, help them refocus and get back into it. Cause it was like, like, especially in that game. You know, and again, like, you know, we'll, we'll wrap this up really quickly, but like, it was like in the second quarter, like it felt like when they were starting to really slip out, out of the game was when, when it was when the refs started blowing so many whistles. It's right. just like, once that started to happen, the Pistons just, it was like, like they just got so frustrated. They just started to disengage. They lost their focus. They were looking at the refs. They were, you know, they were, they were arguing about whistles and it's like, you know, I, I get those things are frustrating you have to at some point like have like the mental fortitude to move on, yeah. go to the next possession. Yeah. So yeah, just, just, you know, I, I guess to, to summarize it all similar habits, things that we've seen, you know, and uh, yeah, just a crappy season, man. It's yeah. not, not a good time. What one thing I can say, and one I actually like the change is Alec Burks in the starting lineup. I think mm-hmm. that's been a positive. Him and Ivy playing together has been positive. Watching them, I, I watch him in person against the Rockets. I like Ivy now running more of the point guard. He's his assist numbers have went up. Killian playing well off the bench, like that stuff you like to see. But still, overall, not being able to put all these things together to win some games, that's still frustrating. But I got to say, with with Alec in the lineup, it's it's been a little better. And with yeah. the more touches from Burks too, you know, you're trying to play competitive basketball. You're trying to put in your best effort forth. Um, right. Alec Burks will uh, definitely do that for you. Um, yeah. 
more touches yeah. the better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's important to point out like tonight is, is game number 52. And so with that, even though there's been a lot of the season that's gone on and, you know, it's there, there have been those trends that I think in my opinion, you know, we saw some remnants of that earlier in the season, but I think we've really seen, you know, that slip over the past two, three weeks on the defensive end, there's still 30 games to redeem themselves. And, you know, there's still about at, at this current time, you know, about a week and a half until the NBA trade deadline. However, guys, it sounds like we might be getting some Intel about where Detroit is at. And we, we specifically heard from Bojan Bogdanovich himself in the, in a piece via hoops hype uh, where uh, it was actually by um, it was actually by uh, Yossi Gazin, um, Gazian and uh, it was Michael Scotto, Yossi Gazian. It was the um, editorial staff at Hoops Hype, and it breaks down all the latest rumors. And at the very top of the list was the latest on Boyan Bogdanovich. And it sounds like, according to the article, that Boyan's been told by by Detroit ownership that he's considered a core member of the team's future and what the offseason plans are to are to compete next season. And and it and it goes as this quote: having conversations with the club. Troy and the owners, they assured me that we're going to be great next year. Bogdanovich told Hoops Hype. We have a lot of cap space to sign great players. We're going to have a high pick again. So that's going to help us a lot. We have a great young group of guys. When Cade went down, that kind of hurt us big time. We were thinking that maybe we'd be fighting for the play-in tournament. But when we but when he went down, he was our main guy. All of our offensive strategies were connected to him. When he went down, our season, we when he went down our season, we've had a lot of ups and downs without him. And, you know, so like the, the fact that, you know, you know, he, he speaks, you know, freely and honestly, and it sounds like there's a pretty clear direction and vision from ownership down, but he does go on to say, I heard the rumors, but I'm trying to stay away from those conversations. I don't even have any social media like Twitter. I don't read much about it, about that. It's not in my control. It's about the franchises. I'm just going. I'm just going to try and stay focused and play as best as I can. Then we'll see what's going to happen at the end of the trade deadline. So, I think that second part is a pretty standard cookie cutter thing that, that any player says when they're in rumors and trade in the trade deadline. Right? right. Ultimately, they have no control about where they go. I don't think that means literally anything. However, that first paragraph. From the sounds of it, it means a lot. I mean, granted, this could be Troy in, in, in the front office maybe trying to sweeten the pot and trying to and try and sweeten an incentive for the team to trade him. However, I mean, guys, this lines up with what James Edwards has been saying for months. What you know, like what people like Mike Curtis, you know, have been suggesting. And quite frankly, this lines up with like almost everything we've been theorizing over the last year. I mean, Jeff, like we were joking about it right before the pot. It's like Oh yeah, it's almost like you and I have been saying this since last March that like 2023 is like the real year this team's going to try to turn the corner. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. And and the point of he him saying they would try and contend for the play in this year with Cade is something that, you know, we we talked about us three multiple times during the offseason. I didn't think they could with Cade, but now without him, it's he, he even understands and very self-aware enough to know where this team is right now. And I don't have a problem, honestly, hearing the report and seeing him talk about his situation. I know I joke and and I would be not opposed to trading him. At the same time, I did talk with you guys and I could see both sides. Like, I, I would love Bogey here long term. I wouldn't mind it. And the fact that James reported this, you brought this up on, on a previous podcast about how much value he brings, not just on the court, but off the court. I think that stuff 
to have a guy like Bogey, I, I know I joke he's getting older, and then that's where the value comes in. But still, regardless how much he can teach these guys, the relationship him and Isaiah Stewart have, I mean, even at the game Saturday, you saw how much they were talking with each other uh, on the court, off the court, on the bench. Like, that stuff matters. I, I know people just look at Bogey as, okay, let's flip them. But eventually, you're going to have to keep players. I mean, that's that's where the Pistons are right now if they want to take that next step. Bogey's a pretty good player, and he can shoot the hell out of the ball. This team's going to – if you trade Bogey, it's funny and – the more I think about it, it is funny because you say, okay, let's trade bogey, and then you're going to sit there as a Pistons fan and say, well, we need shooting. I mean, let's go get shooting. It's like, well, you, you had bogey of, of career 40% three-point shooter. So right. to me, this is good news. I don't have an issue with it. I mean, they extended him. Um, who knows what the future holds, but as of right now, him getting that news and, and kind of that feeling from Troy that he's probably going to stay here. But again, player, I, I don't know what's going to happen in my future. He says yada, yada, yada. I think he'll be here. I do. I'm yeah. starting to believe that more and more. Yeah. There's no way. It's just, to me at this point, guys, I feel almost exactly like I did at this exact same point in the trade deadline last year, where there was a lot of hype and buzz in early October to November when Bojan Bogdanovich was originally traded to the Pistons. Almost immediately, people saw that as a potential, you know, flipping deal, right? That was almost immediately the thought. Even before he played his first game in Detroit, Almost before he got on the plane, people were talking about how we could potentially package this guy for yeah, a first round. He'll be flipped. Yeah. Right? Like that's yeah. been that's been the conversation. But at a certain point, man, when it walks like a duck, when it quacks like a duck, when you have Shams, James Edwards the third, and Hoops Hype saying our sources are are saying to us, looks like a duck to me. And then you hear it quack. At some point, you should call it a duck. What I'm referring to here is this this insane, like, it's almost like this, 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 like, like, Pistons Twitter has this thing where they think they're oracles and they see in the future. And it's like, no, I see it. It's the only path. This is the only way. And then, like, we saw yet again last year how we were proven wrong and why it was ultimately okay, why why Grant wasn't traded at the deadline, right? So it's like, I just feel like we're heading in this very similar space. And I would just say, you know, like, I, I don't know if the Pistons, I can't say definitively if the Pistons will have a quiet deadline. But, I mean, if, you, if you're to believe everything we've heard, it certainly doesn't sound like they're, they're it, it certainly doesn't sound they're, they're nearly as big of sellers as teams like Toronto. And, and did we we didn't hear this a similar quote like like Bogey just came out with from Jeremy right there was never a um, an inclination from Troy that he's going to be a part of the future I don't think I ever heard that with Jeremy right yeah that sounds about right because we were all kind of shocked on on the deadline when he didn't go I know yeah, there was right. a rumor there was a rumor about an hour before that he was going to go to Brooklyn for a first round pick and then that never happened um, if you recall. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. if actually yeah. if I do recall, I almost remember Jeremy Grant talking like in press conferences saying. Yeah, you know, they've told me what's going on and they've been honest with me to, you know, they've been yeah. honest with me about, you know, deals and conversations that have happened, but also they told me that they'd be more and okay if I be here too. So at the end of the day, I'm just going to go out, play ball and wherever I'll be, like that's where the cards will stack. Like if I like I'll, I'll look into it and double sure, but like like double check, but like from what I remember, there was never, you know, like a he's a core piece of what we're building going right. forward. Like, and he and, and he wasn't extended either. Bogey was extended, so you know. Well, and it's like too. again, like with Troy Weaver and like with Troy Weaver too, and like with NBA with NBA execs, we talk all the time about like 
like you have to listen to what they're saying, but also you have to listen with their actions. Mm-hmm. And guys, a team that you know signed this guy to a two-year extension, you know, like like just like just a couple months ago, you know, this is their number one option in a season that they're spiraling. Like, I would almost even argue at this point, like, like, could it kill confidence if you just have this team go out there getting spanked each and every night the rest of the season because you don't have guys like Boyan or Burks in there? Can make an argument. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what makes me excited the most out of all of this is that we know that Boyan is a valuable player in this modern-day NBA, right? We we know that he can fit in on all 30 teams, but he's on our team. And the fact that we want to move forward with him, I think, um, just is exciting to me because we know that his value next year is going to be high. Maybe not the same stats as his past year um, with obvious reasons with Cade coming back and a first-round pick and a free agent with more touches with those guys. But – Bojan Bogdanovic is a great player who is going to make an impact on this team moving forward, and I am okay and, with and, that. And another part of it, too, I want to bring up is an underlying part that I'm, I'm starting – and we kind of already knew that, that next year would be a year they'd try and make the plan. With Bogey's age, it kind of shows you that this timeline people are talking about with three to four years away – they're they're much at least in their minds in Troy's mind they're they're much closer and maybe that's why the bogey well he'll be 36 when they're ready to contend I don't think so I think he'll be I, pro- it'll probably be next year when they start making those those taking those next steps yeah I think I think we've been clouded by with a lot of with a lot of negativity and just seeing this team for where they're at right now and and again forgetting the the options and the things that are available for them going into the summer and going into the next season I mean if that's what Troy Weaver in ownership is conveying, it's pretty clear that they have a plan in right. a course of action and a philosophy going into this offseason. So again, with with the fact that you're gonna have, you know, you know, not only a number one overall pick and Cade Cunningham returning to the lineup next year, you have a potential number one overall pick coming in coming in next year as well. And even even if it doesn't land at number one. Worst case scenario, it lands at, lands at six. Oh darn! You got another awesome wing talent to go add alongside Cade and crew. Like you know what I mean? It's like, all right, like even if we end up with uh, what's that kid from uh, from Vanderbilt or uh, uh, Villanova, Villanova, Villanova? Uh, Whitmore. Yeah, yeah. If we end up, or if we end up with Whitmore, are you telling me that's a bad? Like, like is that a bad consolation prize? It's not no. Wimby, but it'd make no. us better. No, it, it would definitely either of those players. I mean, like you could, we we could go when we start previewing the draft. They're going to find out that there's probably nine or ten players that we'd be okay taking, right. and they're going to have a, probably a top five pick. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't exactly. wait. Oh man, I'm so excited. It's it's getting closer and closer. So I mean, Jeff, those are our those are my favorite days last year. Yeah, we're running through, it back, dude. Going through. Oh, we got to crank barbecue chicken, baby. It's gonna. <laughs> We're locked in, dude. Oh, every man. year. Oh man. It gets better that. every year if you haven't noticed if you notice that. Like every year, it seems like more people are tuned in. It's it's a better product. Like this mm-hmm. year, man, people gotta stay ready because it's uh got a lot of stuff. Yeah, one hundred percent. I love you guys, man. Grateful for this pod, grateful for for this each and every week. And yeah, man, you know, I I just you know, getting back to it, I just think ultimately and and people, you know, I like I, I just see like a like a lot of people are like are hearing that and, and it's like oh yeah we'll see uh, and it's like I, I i i i again i get that it's, it's easy to look at circumstances in the present time and make definitive judgments about where a team's going moving forward but i mean let's remind ourselves this time last year boston was three games under 500 
let's remind ourselves that this time last year, we thought Dame, uh, Damian Lillard might, might never reach peak Dame again. This time last year, we questioned if Zion Williamson was ever going to be in a Pelicans uniform again. This time last year, we were still seeing the the whole uh, Lakers dar uh, you know the whole Lakers Frank Vogel Russell Westbrook situation all how dire that is. Now they're like a piece or two away from actually kind of being serious in the West. This time last year, Phoenix was ruling the West. Yeah. Now oh they look geriatric. Like so, like that's the point I'm saying, and, and like even with Phoenix too, right? When Devin Booker went out, how different of a team was that? Unrecognizable, unrecognizable. And then, and then even even the Pacers as well. Troy, you, I mean, I'm sure you've tuned into a couple games since Tyrese Halliburton's been out. Yeah. From everything I've seen from all the counting stats, they've been like towards the bottom of the league. Yeah, well, they're a lot of those categories now. ever since yeah. Tyrese has been out. Like they're free falling right. in the in the standings. Right. They were a seventh seed um, around New Year's just four short weeks ago, and now they're a 12th seed. So they've dropped five seeds in the East. I know the East is good this year, but mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Washington's now ahead of them. Um, Orlando's getting close. Uh, you know, all those teams right there that they had a Chicago that they had a good lead on in, you know, the early this month, they're, they're falling. So, yeah, yeah. another team, unrecognizable. And right. that's what's funny about Cade being out is when he was initially ruled out for the season, everyone saying, or the results we were seeing afterwards, it's like, well, they're bad, but they shouldn't be this bad without Cade. It's like, no, they're this bad without Cade. I mean, that's yeah. that's how this works. And you just brought yeah. the Pacers. It's like, yeah, welcome. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's the same reason why, you know, after, you know, after leaving, you know, Cleveland, the, the Cavaliers, you know, like, like after LeBron left Cleveland, the Cavaliers went from being a perennial Eastern conference powerhouse getting, you know, getting to the, you know, the, to the finals or the conference finals almost every year to literally the worst record in basketball. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, the like effect. In, yeah. in the, in this league, one player can literally change the entire trajectory of your season. So ultimately like, you know, that isn't to make excuses, that's just to say, you know, what, what we think looks certain and concrete right now, we, we've seen over and over again with this league, the entire, the entire hierarchy of the league can change in a matter of, of 24 hours. I mean, even earlier this season, we thought Donovan Mitchell on a Sunday was going to go into the Knicks. I woke up. He was a Cavalier. <laughs> like, yeah. like what the and I, I didn't think they'd trade him. Remember, I, I said that on the spot. I'm like, ah, they don't, there's no way. Why would they trade Donovan? Boom, Cavalier the next day. It's like, all yeah. right. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, we'll see what teams do with, you know, like with the trades. You know, like, I'm optimistic. Minnesota trades seven first round picks <laughs> for Rudy Gobert. Like, anything can happen. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And but, Bogey came out of left field, too. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah that, that was just about a month before the season started. Yeah, Dude, that was unreal. I, Dude, I remember I was sitting in the parking lot of an urgent care getting getting <laughs> waiting to get my flu shot. And I just look at my phone and I see Boyan Boyan Bogdanovich is a piston. And I just literally go, let's fucking go. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was just like, ah, like this season's going to be awesome. And now it's like, how do we tell him? But yeah. how do we tell him? Yeah, <laughs> right. Him? But if you could go back in time. <laughs> and let that man know what was going to uh, happen. Oh my gosh! But uh, speaking of, you know, we, I, I, you know, I brought up the Raptors a second ago. 
a team that last year at this time and you know in, in the playoffs it gave philly a run for its money yeah you know this is this is a franchise that we are looking at could, po- could possibly take a next step this year we we all i think we all thought that this team at the very least would be a lock top six seed right is that mm-hmm. fair to say yeah that's fair yeah and now they're sitting at you know they're sitting at 23 28 uh, you know, right there with Indiana, Chicago, and Washington in the standings. And the latest rumblings out of Toronto from the reports that I've been seeing, and let me pull it up just so I'm able to cite this um, cite this specifically, but apparently the Raptors have more than one player that wants out. It sounds, it sounds reportedly like there's a few players that are unhappy in the six currently. And... I mean, guys, it's not really surprising, but I mean, at the same time, like I, like it sounds like from like the trades and the reports I've been hearing as well. Like I've been hearing, um, it it sounds like they've been trying to go after, uh, the big man from the San Antonio Spurs. Um, why am I blanking on his name right now? It's, it's driving me up. Yep. Yep. Yaka Pirtle. Yep. Yaka Pirtle is on their list. I don't know. I don't, I don't think Yaka Pirtle's coming in and changing this team. No, not at all. what what are your guys' thoughts on, on what's going on there? And like I like I, I don't know about you guys, but like when I watch this team, it's just like all of a sudden they just it's like they whatever identity that they had is just gone. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I, I think I, up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it has to do a little bit too with yeah, just fight figuring out who you're sur- surrounding your team off of. Like I guess who's your franchise player that you're trying to build around? Is it Siakam? Is it Scotty Barnes? Is it even Fred Van Bleet? You know, like it's <laughs> it's just that they're they're kind of just struggling to see. Okay, they have all this talent, they have all these players, but what exactly are they doing with them? Because clearly, what's going on right now isn't working as far as competing in the East this year. Yeah, and it's it's funny because it's it's almost like a false identity. You have a team that went to the finals and won the NBA yeah. finals, but obviously the context of that, both the injuries of the Warriors and Kawhi freaking Leonard being on the roster had a lot to do with that. And it's like you have these championship pieces and you feel like, okay, well, maybe a player or two away from, from making a run or being significantly better. But the reality is that's that's not what this is. Like they're the, To me at least, and I know we talked about this a lot, that project's over. Like Scotty Barnes is still very young. He's still on a rookie deal. I, I think that's the player. If you're going to build around, you're going to build around him. And I don't think you could, you should trade everybody away, but you got to start making some sort of moves. I don't think getting Jacob Pertle is going to change anything for the Raptors. And that's kind of the, I guess, I guess the identity they're struggling with is do we keep our championship pieces because we know these guys can get there and, and can play at that highest level. Or do we just say screw it and blow it up? To me, it's blow it up. But what do I? I'm, I'm not a Raptors fan. I, I wouldn't. Right. And I, I'm not comparing it because I think it was a different situation. But even remember our situation in 2008, 2007, those Eastern Conference Finals. You're, you're tweening. You're tweening. Right. And, yeah. and you have, you know, a Tayshaun Prince, a Rip Hamilton, a Rasheed Wallace, a Chauncey Billups who aren't getting younger. You, you trade Chauncey, which was probably the bad move. I, I think probably is an understatement. Um, I, mean, like, I mean, like trading Chauncey is one thing. It's just yeah. trading him for the antithesis of everything that he and the Pistons stood for is the, right. is the one little flaw. In that <laughs> AI. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And then still trying to compete with an AI, you know, roster with Prince and Hamilton and Wallace. And then, you know, you lose Wallace in the offseason. Then you're still trying to 
make Rodney Stuckey your face of the franchise, but still having your Rip Hamilton, <laughs> Keishon Prince. Yeah. Then you bring it's, back Ben, and it's just, it's just it's, weird. <laughs> it's not great when you go from going to work to we're talking about practice. Yeah, like yeah. it's not a, it's not a good transition. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I see some small similarities between the, this modern day Raptors, though, and that in that situation. That's a that's a great that's a yeah. great point. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's similar to you know that situation, and I think just a lot of you know things that we see is that. You know, like we we generally believe that, you know, these teams have like went like, you know, giant windows or that, you know, that like, you know, like we we see this these teams like building momentum, but like at a certain point, like has a core or like a, a collection of players, have they reached have they reached their peak? Have they reached like the most of what they like what they can accomplish together? And you know, with you know, with like specifically with Van Vliet, with Siakam, with with those guys, as good of players as they are and how skilled they are and how far they've come since that finals run. They're, they're not good enough to overcome the loss of, of that Kawhi Leonard. And it doesn't feel like there's that, that guy is going to be walking in the door for them anytime soon. No. As much as they wanted, you know, Scotty Barnes to take that next leap. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, he's just, he's just raw. Yeah. Yeah, you know? that, I think that's actually a great point because I feel like they figured Scotty would would fill that void with his development, but his development's taking a little longer. I think he'll still end up being a great player, but like you said, he's still raw. So a lot of things, Scotty, it's not a two, three year. Pro- I mean, that's like a four year. Pro- I mean, Scotty will eventually get there, but not as quick as maybe they thought he'd get there. Well, and, and Troy, I would argue as well that isn't it almost making his development a little bit more difficult when you do have guys like Siakam and Van Vliet and even OG Ananobi who, yeah. who, who demand a lot of touches or, or command, I should say a lot of touches yeah, with the, yeah. you know, with their scoring ability. And also, I, I mean, you know, with all, for all intents and purposes, like you're kind of, you know, not only is your roster kind of a tweener in the standings, but I mean, they're sitting on the fence of, do they want to blow it up or do they want to, do they want to patch it up? And that's yeah, just an yeah. awkward place to be. Well, that, that's just that's just brainstorm here. I mean, if you take away st- touches, even from like a Gary Trent Jr., and you give them to um, Scotty Barnes, if you take a little bit of touches away from even a Fred Van Vliet, and you keep a Siakam as, as your core, or a Barnes Siakam as your core, you know, just those touches alone, and you give them to Scotty. Um, not saying every touch, but you give a little, a handful of those touches to Scotty. It, it it changes his offensive game. Um, so that's a great point, Sean. And, and I think they have a lot of good players, um, but nowhere near the amount of great players that you need to compete for a championship in this month. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it changes his game, but it certainly changes the opportunity. It changes the outlook of, of the right. output, I guess. More touches equals more opportunities. Right, imagine, 100%. Imagine keeping Cade, or drafting Cade, rather, while keeping Drummond, keeping Blake, keeping right. Reggie, and then having Cade go in there and try and become the player he is today. It just wouldn't happen. So, it, And not saying it, it wouldn't be the player, but you wouldn't have that opportunity, to your point, Sean. So that's significant. It really is. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, like I – and, and it, again, I, I think this team – after you know after winning that title in 2020 i think it's just kind of been oh yeah well we still have some solid pieces in house i mean let's see what we can do and it just quite frankly just ever since that point it just feels like they've been lacking that direction and so you know it's it's interesting because you know messiah jiri is is you know for a long time being regarded as one of the best executives in basketball and i think he might be under the most pressure in his tenure in toronto to 
you know, see what they can do and, and flip this into. Reportedly, um, according to Shams, it sounds like the Knicks and Suns are among interested suitors on OG Ananobi. And as soon as I saw this, I was like, man, the Knicks would be the team to overpay for OG Ananobi, would they? Like, like to me, when I saw that report, I was just like, how did I not see it until now? <laughs> they're they're gonna they're gonna overcompensate for the fact that they didn't get Donovan Mitchell and they're gonna go spend the farm on OG Ananobi. Yeah. And you know what's funny too, another team, and I don't want to change the topic, but I got I want to bring this up to you, Sean, because we talked about them a week ago and look at the difference this team is a week ago. It's New Orleans Pelicans. They're one and nine over the last ten, no Zion Williamson for two weeks. What the hell's going on with the Pelicans? Yeah, man. It's they're, it, they went from like what the third seed to now the eighth well, seed, and they're like a game or two from being well, out yeah. of the entire playoffs, like entirely. They were, yeah, dude. Like so, yeah, their their season when you know when, when the injuries started piling up because it was with you know at first like Brandon Ingram had that you know had that injury, he was out for a while, he just came back into the lineup this past week. Zion, you know, has been touchy in and out of the lineup. And it, as much depth and as much talent and, you know, like in potential as we've seen on this team, I think we're also just, I think right now we're seeing, it's like, okay, but here's where they have to get better. Here's where, here's where they have to grow. Like they have a, they have a plethora of, of players on that team. I don't know if they have a ton of defined roles outside of Zion outside of like, I feel like there's only like three or four guys that know exactly what they need to be doing each and every night on that team. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jose Alvarado is one of them. Like, listen, just go out there and defend like hell. You know, CJ McCollum, you're here to score the basketball. Right. Zion, Brandon Ingram, same thing. But everyone else, it's fluid to what's around them. And it's like the fact, like, when you have, like, when, when you're elevating guys like Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado to have to take significant shots, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, that's what you've seen. But also, it's like, man, just like, it's crazy to see just how tight that West has gotten. But like on the flip side, guys, the Kings, the Kings are the third seed in the Western Conference. I mean, guys, Monty McNair got an extension. And uh, like, yeah. when's the last time a Kings general manager got an extension? Yeah. And you know what? I, I want to speak on this because I've I've given Monty McNair a, a quite a few shots over the last couple of years, specifically on this podcast and what they're doing in Sacramento, trading away Tyrese, getting a lot of criticism for that move, getting Sabonis, getting Keegan Murray, getting Kevin Herter, who's been great for them. Um, I got to give him credit. They're playing. They're playing great basketball. I mean, to, to your credit, I mean, even in a, in a West where, you know, it is what it is. It's not, it's not the most stacked West. They're third right now, 27 and 21. I mean, hey, credit to Sacramento. As much flack as you know as you can give Monty for past mistakes, they're they're putting together a nice core of players. They really are. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say this: they're making me look like an idiot for this. The Sacramento Kings just made one of the worst trades <laughs> NBA history. <laughs> I, I I felt like Interstellar here. I wish I could go back and take that back. The Sacramento. <laughs> oh, I mean, at we the were time, all thinking it was that. Shocking. Because- yeah, because yeah. we kind of thought, and you know, Sabonis was this finished product. He was he was Blake Griffin on the uh, 2.0 on the last dance of his Pistons, just a guy who's you know only got a couple years left playing good basketball in the league. And what? Tyrese Halliburton's a future All Star and and future MVP, and we still believe that to be true. But 
fits this Kings team well with the Darren Fox running the show. And go ahead, John. And that's exactly it right there, Troy. And I think the biggest thing that I remember, you know, that that like I remember why I why I didn't believe this would work and why I'm glad to say I'm, I was wrong is I when when they made this trade, I thought we had seen De'Aaron Fox at his at his full potential. However, I think what we've seen this season is once this team has a little bit of structure. Once this team actually went out and, and, and got a couple more good players to patch up some holes, like they made good moves this offseason. I mean, like, like out like after the Halliburton trade, I don't I can't think of a move they've made where I didn't like it. Like 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 in all seriousness, if Keegan Murray wasn't on this Kings team, they would not be nearly as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like I, I like even though like everyone's talking about Ivy was the obvious pick, and you know, I still I, I'm still super glad we have Ivy. I mean, Keegan Murray's been a hit for them. Um, Kevin Herter is is just taking his game to yeah. another level. Right, we saw minor flashes of that in Atlanta, but nowhere near what we're seeing. Feels like yeah. he's being yeah. unleashed. Yeah, yeah. And you should you, you should see, you should see. Um, it's so funny. Hawks fans in the comment section of all these Kevin Herter highlights on how much they miss him. It's hilarious. <laughs> and that's I got to give credit too for to to Monty McNair for this point as well. Building a roster around De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis with shooting, like shooting galore yeah. guys that can that can play know the role. We just talked about the Pelicans yeah. and guys not knowing the role. You have Herter knows his role Harrison Barnes Keegan Murray like these guys Malik Monk shooting guys that just want to score the basketball they're not selfish it's a great fit of players so it's I think he deserves a ton of credit I I can't believe I'm saying that elevated his game and Mike Brown and Mike Brown by the way and Mike Brown absolutely because the second piece of it is again like talking about the structure I mean first of all Mike Brown this is his first head coaching job I believe since he took the Lakers job um back uh um back like in like that awkward transition in like the 2010s and he was released from that job and he went to go and be the assistant coach with Steve Kerr in Golden State and it's pretty apparent not only I mean first of all it seems like he might be missed in Golden State this season you know with everything that's been transpiring there but also first of all like the adult in the room that he is and people under like underestimate the amount of experience that this guy brought. And I, and like, I even remember like initially, like, like scratching my head a little bit. Cause it's like, well, I haven't, you know, I haven't heard Ma- like Mike Brown brought up in the head coaching sphere in a while, but in retrospect, he's the adult and the steady hand in the room that they needed. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Especially, and, especially for a young team that had no really identity at all. I mean, they didn't have an identity just last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, honestly, I think it helps having a guy like Mike Brown who was around Steph Curry each and every day yeah. and was part of a championship culture who can come in, you know, with De'Aaron Fox, and he's challenged him to be better on the defensive end. And, you know, he's put a system around these guys that, you know, they're playing good, consistent basketball. Like, they're solid on both ends of the court. So, you know, like, we, we talked about how, like, you know, this this team, like, has a lot of potential if you would have told me that 50 plus games in the Sacramento Kings would be first in the NBA in points per game and offensive rating would not have believed you. Yeah. But it's interesting. Cause now when I think of like, where do the Kings go from here? It's almost like, do the Kings make them like, do they go get another guy? Like yeah. what? Like, <laughs> like, could the Kings, the Kings be something? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. I'm like, I just don't even know what to think. Like, is this a fluke? Yeah. Is this for real? Is yeah, it's this hard. Like- that's, a, that's a hard thing to, to go with, Sean, because we've seen that this current roster is working. Right, like, do you really want to give up a guy like Harrison Barnes? Do we really want to give up uh, Kevin Herter? I, no, not me. Yeah, right. yeah, and, and the fact that they're playing like, if you would have told me that Sabonis would be playing the five for them, and they'd be as good as they are, I'd be like, no way. Like Sabonis, like he's playing the five for them. They have Keegan Harrison Herter. Like De'Aaron and Sabonis, like Sabonis too, for him stepping into this new role. They, like Mike Brown deserves a ton of credit getting the rotations right. I mean, these guys, they're probably one move away. I, I know right now they're a good team, but you go out and get, you know, whoever is going to be available. Sacramento, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Sacramento might make, make some noise. Like I, they're they're only a player away from being taking, taken serious. I think they're a little young right now, but still, I, man. De'Aaron Fox, I got to give him credit too because I always thought Tyrese, and I still believe he's. I, I would rather have Tyrese, but De'Aaron has, has proved a lot of people wrong too. He's having a, a great season. He yeah, really is. no doubt. And you know, it, like, listen, like, are the Kings going to be in this spot for the rest of the season? It's hard to say. However, if they're, you know, if if the, you know, if they if they keep going in this direction. Not only do the Kings, you know, have a solid chance, you know, to like make like, you know, to like do something or like have like some interesting noise in the playoffs, they might potentially have home court. Yeah. Here, but here, here's, the other, here, here's the catch 22, though. If the, if the season were to end today, they would have home court, but they would be facing the Golden State Warriors in the first round. And then that gets to the conversation of what do you think the Kings do in that series? Yeah. And I, and, and if you look me in the eyes, and even with where the Warriors are right now, and you tell me that you think the Kings win that series, I would say that you're an absolute lunatic. But but you know what? That's it's still a good thing, a great experience. Like all because if it was the if I'm trying to think of it, if we're talking about the Pistons in this scenario, and you're like, yeah, they're facing right. the Warriors, it's like dang. But at the same time, it's like, hey, experience. You're you're right. facing a championship team in the first round. It's something they can build off, but it's not ideal. Like the, you, the Kings you know. aren't supposed to go to the finals this year, guys. No, yeah, no they're, <laughs> right. they're, they're, they're a first round exit. Like, but still, it's good. It's a good story, right? For sure. And you know, it, it's just going to be you know, and, and looking like league wide, you know, at other stories and things coming, you know, coming down the deadline. You know, it, it's interesting to see like another team that we're talking about, like you know, like a team that needs to make a move or a team that needs to go do something is, you know, is the Mavericks. And, you know, funny, like as a recording, you know, like the Pistons are actually preparing to play the Mavericks. Chuckles, I'm in danger um, having to, for that defense to face Luka Doncic. Good Lord. Uh, that's a, that, you know, you'll, you'll see how that went by the, by and now. He was just announced he's going to play tonight. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I saw that. Literally. I sent the gift chuckles. I'm in danger. It's just like, Oh God, here we go. Luca on one leg is terrifying than most players thank, on two. Thank God he's in the West. Yeah, for sure. But um, reportedly, according to Shams, the Jazz are apparently really interested in Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, mm. And apparently Dallas is open to moving him. Um, in the and, and this is what caught me off guard from this report. And, and let me know if this, if this confuses you guys as well. Uh, as teams have gotten the impression that Dallas would be open to moving the 29-year-old in the right deal for a star-caliber player, sources say. I'm sorry. 
What trade are you getting a star caliber player in return for Dorian Finney-Smith? I understand Dorian Finney-Smith brings a lot of value, but like, why would Utah trade anything of value for, I mean, like some picks maybe, like if they see him as like a, as something that can help them improve and like continue to like go forward as like a potential building piece, like I guess. Dallas isn't looking for picks. Yeah, like they, no, uh, again, it, like they're looking for a star caliber player. What are they gonna give him Jordan Clarkson? Like, I mean, yeah, that's about his best. Year. If you want Lori, you want Lori marketing, good luck. Give me three first round picks. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you're gonna have to, yeah, and that's yeah. and that's the thing that that's the other piece of it. And I, and in my opinion, I think why we're not seeing a whole lot of you know, a whole lot of chatter, and you know, I think why we've been seeing such a quiet front, Rudy Gobert screwed everything up, yeah. <laughs> like, like once a once, once a guy goes for six or seven first round picks, like he, like, like the trade market is quite literally broken right now. Yeah, yeah, right. That's why we haven't seen anything except uh, Rui Hachimura. Right, and even him, he went for like what three or four second round picks. It was like four, I believe. He went for like Just he two. went, yeah, he went for like yeah. two seconds, which if you think about it, is you know, is like a couple pennies in the you know, is like a couple pennies in the pond at the mall. You know, and then it's uh, in the fountain. I'm a dumbass, <laughs> but like you know, it's like it, yeah, it's it, it's nothing to them. Uh, and then oh yeah, and then Kendrick Nunn, the guy who's been talked about getting traded for like a year and a half. Yeah, I also saw Utah might be a place for John Collins as well, which that's interesting. But at the same time, John Collins and and Laurie Markkinen. That's uh Utah, Utah, Utah. I just yeah, it's like Danny Ainge, one of the best minds in basketball. What is this guy doing? It'd be a Utah move to collect a roster of mid players and try to contend again. Like Utah's route was built to the draft. That's that's what it is. It's what it always. Now, if you want to add John Collins, and and again, you still have plenty of assets. You want to go draft guys? That's fine. But like you said, Laurie Marketing, where you can play the three. You play him at the three and play Collins at the four, or play him at the five and Markin at the four. It's if Sabonis is playing the five, I mean, I guess anything's possible, but still, it doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Do you think that the Jazz being good at the beginning of the season was almost one of the worst things that could have happened to them this year? Like, do you think, like, instinctively, like, even though, like, Danny Ainge's like, yeah, I never built a team to lose, it's like, I don't know, man. That, that that roster to me at the beginning of the year looked like if they weren't trying to lose, then they were certainly they were certainly picking with a blindfold on. Yeah. But I mean the fact that the fact that we're seeing this this level of play and like obviously it's it's slipped from the beginning of the season. You know, right now they're at you know they're uh, they're at twenty six and twenty six um, at this current time, like just right dead even down the middle fringe of the play in like. Yeah, they're just in an interesting spot. And, like, you know, any of those moves, like Dorian Finney-Smith or John Collins, like, I don't know. I'm just interested to see what the what the long game is here. Like, is Utah going to try and potentially, like, take some of these pieces and try and make this team actually competitive in a year or two? Are they going to, like, you know, like, do they see this Lori marketing thing as, like, something they could actually, like, start competing with? Like, it's, it's interesting. Or, or... Are they going to somehow, for whatever reason, flip marketing and just completely change? It's like, man, you, yeah. it's, to, to quote Brian Windhorse, what's going on in Utah? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's, that's that, by the way, another head coach I got to give a ton of credit to, Will Hardy. He's man, great hire for Utah Jazz. I think that's like as as much as you could say, maybe it, it messed a lot of things up by winning so early. I think it's a great thing. It means you got. Oh coach. yeah, like it means you got a competent head coach. Oh yeah, yeah. They, un- unlike us, they feel pretty darn comfortable and content in the long term about what they have in the coaching seat going forward. But they got rid of they got rid of a, a dang good one too. So I mean, yeah, Win Steiner to, to make that move, it's ballsy, man. Yeah, one hundred percent. But when he comes in and has immediate success like that, Oof. I mean, pretty yeah. pretty dang vindicating. But uh, anyway, guy, I mean, like obviously when when the deadline comes out, you know, like where I'm so excited for that day. It's just it's a it's a day in my calendar. I, I I circle and highlight each and every year. And you know, the fact that we're getting closer and closer to it, man, I'm I'm just curious to see what's going to unfold. I, I I definitely like everyone's like. Ah, think much will have i feel like there's always at least some form of surprise every year you know always yeah even for a team i mean you see teams communicating and and things being reported i mean you saw the the box just offer what was it uh i'm reading right now the uh jordan uh nora sergey baka george hill second round draft conversations for jameson crowder like like there's gonna be something contenders are gonna want to make moves i mean this is more of a feel-out period but i can see some guys like jay crowder being traded i don't know I'm, i'm curious to see what the big splash this year is but There'll definitely be a ton of trades, as oh. always. Every single oh yeah, year. oh yeah, without a doubt, things are gonna happen at yeah, some it'll, point. It'll start brewing. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know what? Even if Troy's here or not, we could keep on rolling. Jeff, let's let's talk and let's think about. So, I, I referenced that a second ago, and you know, I know a lot of people in like the 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 talk around the Dwayne Casey thing. There is 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 definitely elevated more and more. It's definitely. I don't know about you, but like. I, I like it's it's I don't know like I I said in a video earlier this week that I'm done defending Dwayne Casey and I'm still in that stance he's a good man he's a, you know I think he's had a really you know had some really good points in his career mm-hmm. but at the same time I think you know at, at this current you know at, at this current juncture I think we've just seen you know like some 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 real question marks and and, and especially like when you see like the things like the effort not being there on a night to night basis it doesn't matter who, who's in the coaching seat you have questions right yeah. so. On your end, you know, like I, I, I know, I, I know, like you and I still kind of believe over the next couple of years they're going to be looking to make a change of some form in that realm. What's been, you know, like, do, like, do you, like, are you starting to feel a little bit more of an urgency to get that in house? Where, where, where is your head at with that? My, my thoughts on Dwayne haven't really changed. I, I think it's fair to be frustrated. We've said that on this podcast multiple times. It's completely fair to be frustrated. But also, from our perspectives, we're very self-aware enough to know Dwayne is, is not going to be here. So I think it's a little – it digests a little easier. Um, love Dwayne as a human. He's a, he's a tremendous coach. But right now, at his age and where this team's at and all the youth this team consists of – it's just not a reality he's going to be the coach. I think it'll even be made possibly this offseason. I, I do believe that because watching Dwayne and watching the Pistons over the course of the season, I don't think he's the he's the sole issue, but there comes a point in the in time, especially seeing him in, in person on Saturday, where it seems like guys just check out, and we, we promised we were going to bring it up if we see it. That, that was always what we said. If we see – effort and we see uh what you know the players not responding uh o- over a long period of time you're gonna have to call it out right we saw yep. good performances we've seen bad performances but when you start stacking up these performances we've seen over the last two weeks it it's getting ugly and again i i don't want to say we're defending Dwayne, but 
I think we understand where his future holds with the Pistons. And I do think a, a change this offseason will be possible because if you don't think Dwayne's the guy to get you to the playoffs or even, you know, make a playoff run, why wait? I mean, these guys next season, I think, will be blossomed enough or groomed enough to at least contend for the play in. Why not go get your head coach now or this offseason? Not right now. I know people want him fired right now. That was the biggest thing I couldn't wrap my head around because firing him right now, I don't think fixes anything. Maybe you get a new voice in there, but in the offseason, I think, is a realistic change. I just think these guys, the, the, all the, the youth you have in the locker room, I think at a point in time, you just need a new voice. And, and I think that's kind of what they're coming to right now. It's nothing against Dwayne as a human, but it's kind of the reality you're in right now with this current team. Yeah, Definitely. and I think something that's interesting, too, that I've seen a lot of people say is that his coaching philosophy is outdated in the modern-day NBA. And it's not really my words. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that but i i think it would be healthy for these young guys to then have a new voice and, and again you looking at him going to the front office i think is the best thing i i think long term i think he's a detroit piston guy right he has that that mentality i think that's been good over the past couple of seasons um but i i think a fresh voice with this new team because we have to understand next year like we've talked about is going to be a new team in every way shape and form right because um we obviously can't contend with the roster we have now. We need pieces from the draft, the offseason, healthy Cade back, all of the above. Um, I, I, I think a fresh voice might be good. And maybe you still have him in the coaching staff if it's like an assistant role. I don't know. Or maybe um, just like a like an advisor, or like right. very similar to Beeline, like a player right. development right. You know, type role. Right. That would be great. Right. And, you know, again, like I – and, and it's it's one of those things where, to your point, like I don't I don't think I don't know if it's necessarily a point where it's like his coaching philosophies are outdated. But what I would say is I think you notice as as coaches in 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 sports as a whole get get older, I think you see that they generally are more set in their ways and set in the in in uh in in the uh in the in the in the methods in which they do things, right? And I think you know the problem with that is. Like, you know, when, again, like you said, it's like, you know, it's like, we're going to stick true to the process. We're going to stick true to what we have going on. It's like, you know, at a certain point, even if players full wholeheartedly believe you and are, and are on board with everything going on, it's hard to not, you know, it's hard to not, you know, you know, lose focus or be discouraged when you are having these many, these many losses and these types of losses. Right. And again, mm -hmm. you know, like, I think we've seen, that this coaching staff or and that this team is capable of making adjustments is capable of, you know, of having those nights where they know what that effort needs to look like. But it's just that thing of it's, it's just that for whatever reason, it's, it's not clicking on a night to night basis. And again, that, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's like fully on a coach. I don't think that's fully on the play. Like, I, I think there's a lot of, different things that go to go into it. Like, what, but what I will say is again, you know, like if, if these defensive woes continue to keep going down the, the, the path that they are, I mean, it's just in the city of Detroit, it just can't happen. It just no. can't. And there's nothing wrong with Dwayne being the Mark Jackson to your Steve Kerr, right? The, the before <laughs> you could still say Dwayne Casey is a good coach. I do believe that. I don't think he's a terrible head coach, but 
like the like a young Warriors team, you need a new voice. That and that's not just the Warriors. I mean, that's the most common example, but that happens all around the league. Like right. you have young cores that you're building, you need a new voice to come in and take them to another level, or just a, a new voice for these guys to look look at and be like, hey, listen, we Dwayne was is no longer our head coach, mostly because the players hold responsibility to that. I mean, they're out on the court, they're executing. Now with the new head coach, it's like, all right, guys, now it's time to get serious. This is our new voice. Um, you're going to be much more paying attention to detail. I think they love Dwayne like a, like an uncle. Like, I really do. I think they love Dwayne as a human being. But when it comes to basketball, for whatever reason, this team doesn't seem to respond consistently. Or in games, they look d- disinjected. You know, late in games, like you said, against the Rockets, it, they just kind of clock out. And, and to me, at times, that's kind of the, the result or the, the, the end result I'm coming to is they just need yeah. a new voice. And, and that, there's and again, nothing wrong with that. Well, and, and again, I think, you know, and, and, and to me, this is where – the conversation of, of, of where roster building and improvement comes into play as well, because like one of the biggest things that you need in this court, not like or in this game is like, like not only do you need, you know, like guy who like, you, like a great coach and, and like a great voice to lead your locker room, like, you know, like as a, in that spot, but also for all intents and purposes, you need a guy who can act as a coach on the floor, a guy who can, you know, who can direct traffic, make sure that things are, are being executed and, and real and bring people in. And, you know, it's like, Again, like you don't want to re- rely solely on your players to to you know bring people back in, but it's like when only the coaching staff you know is like you know are, are the ones you know saying the each and you know the same things each and every night, and like even though like the young guys could be like guys, we have to focus in and do these things. The problem is is that they're the same ones that are making those mistakes. You know what I mean? And so it's just like you know like again like I just think you know like we've seen this roster clearly was flawed from day one, from a defensive standpoint. Like, I mean, we all saw that this team wasn't going to be a great defensive team, but it needed to be, but it needs to be a hard playing defensive team in order for it to grow in the right direction. It just has to. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't help that your best player is a, a liability on defense. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. 100%. But Jeff, I want to come. We, we were firing people. Last week we were trading people a couple weeks before. Are we like, are we like, you know, so, like, are we going to have like a, like two people we have to like, like save off a cliff. We can only choose one. Like, are we killing people today? What are okay. we doing? So today we're doing uh one of the games we played already. It's one of our three editions, uh, not trading, not firing coaches, but pretenders or contenders. We're bringing there that we back go. up right now. Yeah. And I got two teams. Um, and the first one, you know, it's funny because whenever I, I have a team or a player, he always gets, or the team always gets brought up during the podcast <laughs> team for today, Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Uh, I, I checked the standings before the show and to see where they're at right now as a third seed. Um, I, I don't want you to answer if they're contenders, but more so is this sustainable and, and what can the, the, the Kings do? If you believe it, what do they got to do to take it the next step? Do they need to get another player? Do you like the core they have? So on and so forth. Do you think what they're doing right now is sustainable? And, and Sean, I'll, I'll start with you. I think that, this team has taken a lot of, of leaps and steps forward. However, I do question if this team can continually be the number one offense for the rest of the season. I know they have been, you know, through 52 games. And I know in particular, you know, like they've been on a really good stretch, but like, you know, again, like this is a, this is a locker room that, you know, like they've, they've certainly gotten better. They're, they're learning how to win together. They're learning how to, you know, how to put together results on a more consistent basis. But at the same time, I mean, 
this is a, this is a roster that like you know going especially going like down the stretch they haven't had to face right they haven't had this type of important basketball this time of season in a long time and so you know like like we talk about how like an injury can can totally side rail and, and change a season i mean like this is a team that needs everything to go right in order for it to keep to keep up so i certainly think that we've seen that this team has taken the next step i think we've seen that this team clearly isn't you know as a playoff team and i think there's a lot you know to to build with and go forward here but like do i think they're the third best team in the western conference i i, I just don't and i just don't i, I just I just can't say that with straight face. Yeah. And, and as far as, um, you know, the future of the Kings and what I would do if I was in GM shoes, I let it ride this season. Uh, you know what I mean? With, with the current roster, as far as what oh, yeah. the season due to the playoffs, I'm not making a deal next week. Um, please don't, please yeah. don't move any assets to, right. to try and do anything crazy this season. Like, just, right. like don't pull a Minnesota, just enjoy the ride. Right, right, right. Now, if something happens playoff-wise where you have a little more to work with, um, maybe you do something in the offseason, but you certainly don't do anything um, this season. Uh, just see what this team can do in the playoffs. Uh, maybe you run into, um, oh, who's a team that they could beat in the first round? That's realistic. I mean, um, I mean, realistically, if you're talking about teams that they could beat in the first round, that's realistic. It would be, you would just have to hope that, you know, it would be one of these teams that's coming out of the play-in tournament. But like, even then you look at the teams that are seven through 10 in the, uh, in the play-in tournament right now. I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like their odds in like in half of these games. I mean, right off the bat, Dallas, they yeah. have to face Luka Doncic in a seven game series. I'm sorry. That's just not happening. New Orleans. I think we've seen that if this team's healthy at full strength, this might be the best roster in basketball. Right. And I would wager they're probably going to make a trade at the deadline too. Phoenix, which I know they're in free fall, but they still have a guy named Devin Booker. Yeah. And he and, and all signs point Look. to the fact that he would be plenty he would be back, you know, by the playoffs for sure. So, if you're in a playoff series with again, if you're against CP3 and and then the final one and and again, really the only team I think they could beat in a series and, and a team that's just not going to get to the playoffs, if I'm being honest, is Utah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like one of those things where, like, yeah, like, I don't even know, like, e like even looking at how good they are, I don't know what team in the West I like them to beat in the playoffs right now. It's weird. Yeah. Now I'm doing one team from the West, one team from the East. And my my Eastern Conference team, a team that we've, we've talked about at times on this show, and, and currently they're 9-1. and one. Over the last 10 games, they currently are three games ahead, basically three games ahead of the Bucs, and you know what it is. The 76ers, Philadelphia, um, playing great basketball as of late. They're healthy. Uh, Joel Embiid's doing what Joel Embiid does, and James Harden seems to be having a good season. What do you guys think? 76ers, are you still classifying them as fraudulent, or do you think in an Eastern Conference where it's, it's pretty top-heavy, do you think they have a chance to make any noise in the playoffs? You go first, Troy. Yeah, make noise, but not a finals. Make noise at best. I mean, you can maybe upset. What's the ceiling? What's the ceiling? Put a What's ceiling. The in ceiling, it. absolute ceiling, ceiling, max ceiling is Eastern Conference Finals. But I'm not putting money on them to make the Eastern Conference Finals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like if 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 a, if a game six go, if they're down three two in a game in a second round series, and they have a great game six, and they somehow upset that team, uh, uh, 
Milwaukee or something. I'm not saying that they will, but upset them in a game seven or something like that. Then they face Boston. You're right. Then they face Boston. But that that is peak max. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Talk talk about a team. Uh, So first of all, I I would say they've they've you know been watching them and you know obviously they they look really good right now. James Harden has has fully embraced that you know that playmaking role, allowing Joel Embiid to cook. You know Harden's 21 and 11. You know, shooting forty yeah. percent from three, like this is the guy they needed in order to to be serious this year. But with that being said, I've seen this team be awesome in January for a long time. <laughs> I've seen this team be, you know, do a lot of great things in December, January, February, March, and you know, a, a, as much as I, I I look at this team and I and I see the potential and where this can go, especially. You know how how difficult it is to guard a Joel Embiid. You know what he can do in a playoff series. I just have real questions about their depth. I mean, outside of James Harden and and Joel, you know, you you, you have two star caliber players right there. I know we've seen Tyrese Maxey step up in big moments and and play big basketball, but I mean, in order for them to get to the finals, he would have to be stellar in each and every series. And yeah. it's just when 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 you have a Tyrese Maxey when he has to go up against Boston, I mean that's just tricky, especially when when defensively they're on. And then you know like it, like especially like if if they are going to be serious, they're going to have to make some moves because you know the, when you know like right now that like obviously like their their top five is you know Harden and Bead, Maxey Harris, and then DeAnthony Melton. You know they have PJ Tucker, who has not been the guy that they were hoping he would be for them this year. Three points a game. So PJ Tucker's just that's, that's one yep. corner, one corner, three a game. Yeah. Yep. So so that's Good just gone. Not that he hasn't been available, by the way. 46 games played. But outside of that, like guys, like let's play a game. Name two players on their bench. I don't. I know Shake Milton. That that's one of the only guys I know. Shake Milton. Troy got it, but even then, he had to go. <laughs> like, yeah. He had to think about it first. Like, like that's the thing, man. Like, I know a lot of benches have nameless, like have like a, like guys that we see as no names, but it's like, man, like like just looking at the like overall like like you know trajectory of this roster. Like, I like I like Montrez Harrell. I like Matisse Thibel. Like I like, you know, I like what these guys were like a couple years ago. But like they they would need significant, you know, contributions for them. And at the end of the day, when you look at the rest of the Eastern Conference, do they have a deeper roster in Boston? No. They have no. a deeper roster in Milwaukee. No. Do they have a deeper roster than Brooklyn? Because I could argue Brooklyn's roster has more depth. I think that's where the argument starts, probably. Like they like like I think there's more guys off of Brooklyn's bench that can come in and like make an impact, which I can't yeah. believe I'm saying. But like, you know, <laughs> that's that's a whole other that's a whole other thing. But again, yeah, like I like I again to your like to 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 answer your question and, and to wrap the bow on this, Philly is you know, Joel Embiid's incredible, James Harden's incredible, but they're they're the two players whose rap has been let's see it in May, let's see it in June. Yep. And until and until until I've seen it with my eyes, I'm just not going to believe it. Yeah, you guys passed the test today. Both contenders, I agree. 
Uh, I didn't think anybody would else. That's why we do this podcast. We all have mutual viewpoints. So, but there you go. Two teams, one East, one West, both pretenders. At first he said both contenders. We agree. I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, both pretenders. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't yeah. trust either of those teams. Oh, thank God. I oh, thank God you feel the same. I mean, the Kings won. I was like, there's no way. There's yeah. no way. <laughs> I thought you guys were gonna say, well, if they make the playoffs, you know. I could see you get lost in that Embiid sauce, though. I mean, I, I wouldn't blame you, but I mean, like, you know, no, like, Embiid's that guy, but I mean Yeah, he's I think you 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 summed it up perfectly. He's that guy, but come May, June, like there's then you have questions. And well, yeah, and even then it's concerned. like like and even though like we've seen Embiid on the on the health side be more available than years past. It's still a thing. And they still have Doc Rivers a head coach. So I you know, they Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, you're right. Ne- never forget the night where Doc's Twitter Twitter likes were, oh, were, no, were out boy, there yeah. for the people to see. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was down bad. Uh uh-huh. bad. Yeah, uh-huh. never forget that night. That was the time. But Troy, speaking of speaking of some of the you know a Mount Rushmore esque moment, <laughs> let's talk. Let's let's take a trip to end this pod the way that we always do from Mount Rushmore. I'm trying to think. I believe I remember we ranked most underrated players. Yeah, we did franchises last week. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Troy, what are we doing this week? Yeah, this week uh, all three of us have something cool in common. All from the great state of Michigan. I'm from you mean UP, you from the great Westside. state of me, Michigan. <laughs> UP, West Side, <laughs> East Side. We got all the representing Michigan here right now. Um, so we're going to do the Mount Rushmore of NBA players from Michigan. Okay. Ooh, the only rule like that we one. have here is that you have to have been born in the great state of Michigan. Great um, state of Michigan. You didn't have to attend college in the great state of Michigan. But you had to have been born there, and I would I would prefer prefer they played high school ball in Michigan. Um, and I will start with a guy who did both: born, high school, college. Chris Weber, um, member of the Fab Five, uh, big guy in uh, Detroit Country Day. Uh, one of the one of the one of the best, not the best, but one of the best high school Michigan players of all time uh, with that Detroit Country Day team. Um, he's a guy that. Hall of Famer, you know, one, uh, you know, didn't win a national championship, but one, you know, a little bit while he was in Michigan. And we know how the Fab Five went, but he was clearly, clearly the best player on that 5-5 five, five team. Uh, Hall of Fame player because of uh, what he meant to the Kings organization. I mean, a guy that could get a double-double uh, like no other. Uh, had a little stint with the Detroit Pistons there. Uh, so he's a cool guy who has uh, high school, college, and NBA rooted in Michigan. Uh, for me, Chris Weber has to be on my list. Yeah, and you could just name another Fab Five member, Jalen Rose. I mean, we could just keep going. Jalen Rose yeah. Yeah. He went to Southwestern High School. Dad was a number one <laughs> overall pick, paid for, played for the Pistons. And Jalen Rose, to me, this is why I love – are you, are you going to bring up Jalen Rose? He's no, not. I'll, I'll just – you guys keep going. You'll see why well, You'll see why I'm in disbelief in a second. Go ahead. <laughs> well, this is a this is a personal thing. I, I love Jalen Rose. And <laughs> honestly, I know. I, it's just when I say it, you'll you'll feel like a dumbass. But it's okay. Keep going. We know it's last. That's not a secret. But yeah. go ahead, Joe. Okay. Well, oh, okay. I, so, you, oh, so you know what you you know what I'm talking about right now. I, I 
you're talking about magic, but left. Okay, left yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, how do you not start with magic? No, you it's not about. Yeah, we, we work our way up to magic. Go yeah, ahead, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way magic was gonna slide past. Okay, I, mean, okay. I, I was, I was just Jalen, sure. I, I wanted to go with Jalen Rose. Just one of my personal favorite players of all time. Um, I love him. Still showing love. Still coming out and coming to Detroit. He, he shows Woolworth Sports a lot of love. He's just a great guy, man. So shout out to Jalen Rose, one of the best players ever come out of Michigan. Behind Magic Johnson. There we go. There you go. There's your there's your uh, alley oop. There we go. I mean, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna take your thunder shot. I would never. I mean, look at that. Ir- I mean, Irvin Magic Johnson. Sean, go back to that. What's the comment there on the bottom? Man, I wish I could have met Jerry West. Who said that? Uh, uh, he said, "Dang, I wish I could have gotten a picture with Jerry West when I was a kid." Except. <laughs> He was definitely he was definitely joking. He it's, it's a buddy of mine who knows basketball. But yeah, man. I mean, listen. I, I mean, when we talk about, I mean, he 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 is the best player, you know, from from the state of Michigan. Yeah. He's he's definitely. he's you know, in my opinion, I have him third in my all time list. I know it's I know it's controversial, but I would go I would go Jordan Lebron Magic personally. And you know you and and I think you look at the career that he had like. Like Magic had an all-time great career, and we forget his career is cut short. I know. Like, yeah. and, and you know, like just the 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 things that he represents. I mean, I, I I think you know, like I think he's in in my opinion. When you look at you know the players that you know like put the state of Michigan on the map as like a basketball state. Like I just think you know, like you know, we just we we look at that you know Michigan State program and that like a lot of that wouldn't be where it is. Magic Johnson didn't come through those doors. Like. Man, like you know, like when we talk about like 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 basketball history in the state of Michigan, I mean, it's you know it, 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 the conversation can't be had without Magic. So I, I was I was just making sure I was just like, hold on, like we had two names go before Magic. I just have to make sure for my <laughs> boys here. <laughs> no, we, yeah. we no, we got. You. And now listen, it's funny because ironic, you're wearing a, a Big Ten champion shirt. You're yeah. bringing up a Spartan, but you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> we'll yeah, I do. Know. I do see uh, the irony, and and, and especially in, the, <laughs> in in me being outraged, you brought up it brought up two Wolverines before a Spartan. I do see the irony in this. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And I'm going to close with a guy that we don't talk about as a Michigan guy, although born and raised in Detroit, uh, had a great college career at Eastern. Um, but obviously the NBA, or I should say ABA little stint there, uh, Iceman, George Iceman Gervin. Yeah. Uh, great, great player. Um, Hall of Famer. I mean, you really, was he a top 75 player? He had to have been, right? Yeah. George Gervin. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I mean, he's a guy that was a go uh, a go bucket getter, and really kind of that changing of the small forward position in a lot of ways. Um, he, a revolutionary player in the late seventies. He is seventy five. He, yeah. he is NBA yeah. seventy five. By the way, yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he it had to be. Yeah, the Ice Man. Like, yeah, like it, it's just like, yeah, like you know, I, I talked about probably he like probably like Magic put the Michigan on the map. It was probably George Gervin that actually probably did that first. Yeah. Second thought, but yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, and it's tough because it's like, it's like, oh gosh, like, like when you're putting together, it's like you you don't realize how quickly this list gets really deep, and and it becomes really difficult to debate because guys, Devin Booker's a guy, yeah, that is from the state of Michigan. Yeah, I probably would have had him over Jalen Rose, Jeff, but I like Rose. 
what what are we doing here? Like this is this is our fucking list, all right? <laughs> ranking the best players out of goddamn Michigan. By the way, Devin Booker is my favorite player ever. Like well, current, I love Devin Booker. I have his jersey hung up on my wall, but I didn't bring him up. God forbid, all right. Well, Jeez. what we're doing is shitting on you, Jeff. That's exactly what <laughs> we're doing. <laughs> all right, I'll just put my Booker jersey on right now. <laughs> oh my god! Can't forget I mean, about D Book yeah, though. I'm glad. Any honorable mentions you want to throw in there, Sean? Besides Devin Booker. I mean, let me let me pull up. I, I had a long list right in front of me here. So list of list of all the NBA players born in the state of Michigan. So some so some pretty great ones up there. I mean, obviously George Gervin, Devin Booker, John Brisker was a guy in the in the in the seventies. Uh, uh, Chris Weber, Magic Johnson. I mean, Jason Richardson. Yeah, big time. Um, that I remember he hey, was Rich. really fun to watch. Uh, Kyle Kuzma. You know, Flint native, playing really well, doing JaVale good things. McGee. Yeah. JaVale McGee. Yeah, he, he's definitely – Jordan Crawford is, is from Michigan. I mean, we got we got some – we got some Cro- – I mean, oh, wait, uh, wrong Crawford, my bad. No, not Jamal. Not <laughs> I, was, I was thinking Jamal Crawford. That's I was like, Seattle. Oh. I was Jordan like, yeah. Crawford, Sean, when we were in college, uh, was on the drive for a little bit. He had some good that's games right. for Grand Rapids Drive. Yep, that's right. Definitely not – Definitely not the baller I was thinking of. But I mean, for Haywood, who honestly, oh yeah, honestly, yeah, never mind. Detroit Mercy, baby. I got some bad. I got some bad memories. Spencer Haywood, first time meeting him, completely shit on me. But that's another story for him. Really, you met Spencer? Yeah, he's he's a douchebag. Sorry, (laughs) I'm just gonna say it. Spencer, if you're watching, you're a douchebag. I'm sorry. Was that at Woodward or just in your? Yeah, listen, I I have a lot of respect for for players that have played the game. I'm I'm a I'm a fan at heart. I cover the team, but I'm gonna show these guys respect. Spencer Haywood, man, he he laid the wood on me. All right, pause on that. But he uh. Yeah, he wasn't taking no prisoners that day. Uh, I remember you called me after, like, I'm pretty sure you called me after this. You were yeah. like, you were just like, you were just like, yeah, big into basketball. No, you ain't, dude. He he's like, no, you ain't. You ain't a, you ain't into basketball. I was like, what? I just met you. Like, you <laughs> shredded me. Like, I, obviously, I mean, we know why. I I don't look like I'm into basketball. I'm a five, six foot white dude dressed in khakis, but. Hey, I love basketball. You're, you're just I like the haircut. Yeah. You're into basketball. Yeah, I'm into basketball. I love it. Played it, but no, he he completely evaporated me. It's okay though. Still love him. He's still a great player. But yeah, he uh he was a big douchebag that day. Maybe you just yeah. woke up on the wrong side of the pillow. Who knows? Hey, we love how much of a douchebag he is. <laughs> yeah, we we <laughs> cherish it. We do. We cherish it. That's old Spencer Haywood. It's like it's like that uncle that you want to just you know go away and you know yeah. just, just squeeze the pillow on his face harder. To, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I'm kidding. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, We're the douchebag. Uh, We're the douchebags. Yeah. Speaking. Yeah. Speaking of gasping for air, this podcast is killer, and it's killer because I get to do it with you guys each and every week. And thank you so much, everyone that's listening and making from half court your home for NBA and Pistons news and go to. We really appreciate it, man. It was crazy. I want to say before we end the pod, I just got a thing on thing. I just got to notice this past week that uh, I got a memory that two years ago this past week was when I bought my first microphone. So um, to see, you know, just like just what two years has done and what this has turned into. We're just getting started, man. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. So. This is episode, I think this is episode 88. Wow, that's pretty cool. Look at us go, man. We're old. It's <laughs> crap. We got to have something planned for the 100th episode. 
Oh, 100% we do. I 100% we do. I've been I've been thinking about Oh my god, this is episode 90. Oh, Ten man. More. This is special. Yeah, 100% man. Thank you thank you all so much for listening again. Join the From Half Discord down below to join the disc to have discourse and conversation with the community. Join there and talk with us. We'll catch you guys next time from Half Court. Sure you subscribe.